Welcome to the Everyday Ultra Podcast, a show designed to help you level up your training, crush your races, and ultimately become a better endurance athlete every single day. Whether you're an endurance athlete as a hobby or someone who wants to be the best in the sport, this is the show for you. I'm your host, Joe Corsione, and thank you so much for listening. Now, let's get into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Everyday Ultra Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Corsione, and super excited to dive into this episode with you here today. But if you love ultra training tips, if you love getting new workouts to try out, if you love all the principles, insights, and things that are going to make you a better endurance athlete, then you're going to love the free, and yes, this is free, there's nothing paid on here, but the free everyday ultra newsletter so this is a new newsletter that i'm rolling out where i'm going to be sharing bite-sized tips insights workout recommendations training methodologies that are going to help you be a better endurance athlete every day so whether you're looking to run your first 100 miler or a pr your next ultra distance whatever that might be this is going to be the newsletter for you and it's going to be super bite-sized you're going to get it in your inbox once a week straight from me and we're going to take insights from my experience in running also you know my insights learning from tons of the best endurance athletes in the world on this podcast and you're going to get it all in bite-sized nuggets in your inbox totally for free once a week so if you'd like to subscribe to the everyday ultra newsletter to help you become a better endurance athlete every day head to the show notes under the link that says subscribe to the newsletter and be on the lookout for the next edition of the everyday ultra newsletter and if there's anything that you want to see in that newsletter or things that might be helpful just hit reply in the welcome email that you get after you sign up and I'll be happy to tailor the content to the feedback that I get as well. Um, but just know there's going to be tons of great stuff in there. I almost like see it as, you know, getting a, you know, weekly pop in by uh, endurance, you know, the endurance wisdom gods or whatever. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up at this point. But you know what I'm saying. If you want endurance tips, the newsletter is going to have it for you. So subscribe to the newsletter, head to the show notes, click the button or I should say click the link next to the part that says subscribe to the newsletter and we'll see you in the inbox. All right, that's it for now. And let's get into this amazing episode here. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Everyday Ultra Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Corsione, and I'm so stoked for this episode. I was just chatting uh, with our guest before we hit record here, and I was telling him, you know, I've been such a huge fan following his running career over the past few years. And, you know, you likely know him and love him if you're in the trail community because he has just impressive results, a fourth place at Western States, multiple wins, multiple podium finishes. And, you know, he's made his name in the trail circuit over the past few years. He also has an incredible incredible career on the road as well. And he's a well-rounded athlete uh, in, in his entire career from both the roads and the trails. And uh, he's also a professional trail runner for Nike Trail. And he is lining up this year for the 2023 edition of Havelina 100, coming after a pretty stacked year of races that he's he's thrown his hat in the ring on as well so it's cool to see rounding off the year with the with the golden ticket chase here which is going to be super super excited he most recently finished uh utmb which uh to him and i'm sure we'll talk about it has been a very very reinvigorating training block for him um and uh, he's also won the gorge 50k earlier this year which man if you haven't not heard the podcast that he did with uh dylan bowman on free trail explaining like the comeback story that race. I mean, that's one of the coolest things I've heard all year in terms of uh, coming back from from low points in a races. But without further ado, I can go on and on about our guest today, but I'm just going to bring him onto the show. It is Nike Trail athlete Matt Daniels. Matt, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate you a ton. Oh, man, Joe, it's an honor. And I always say this, like when we're talking with my friends running and stuff, your introductions are the best. So <laughs> thanks for making me feel like a, a freaking all-star, man. <laughs> Oh man, dude, it's it's so well deserved, and I appreciate you listening to the show, and and also to all the good words, man. I mean, like I said, you have such. Here's the thing that I appreciate about you is is you have great results, 
but you also have this really reflective and and invigorating um, take on not just your career, but like what running means to you, what you've learned along the way. And like, that's just something I've always appreciated you because you have depth as an athlete. And I think that's super, super cool. And, you know, we were kind of talking about the show before you, you put out this blog post talking about your UTMB block. And obviously we'll talk about Javelina, but I want to talk about this because it's awesome. But you wrote in the blog post and I quote, as I prepare for the ultimate test, the UTMB, I discovered that the pursuit of excellence in this arena goes far beyond race day itself goes about finding happiness in training embracing the process and unearthing the depths of strength and resilience within my personal journey of training for the utmb has rekindled my passion for running end quote man dude the first time i i, I got chills now but like when the first time i read that i got chills talk to me about that like what that meant to you what that reinvigoration was like I, i'd love to hear like what 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 was that rekindling like for you in that training block going into utmb yeah, gosh, I think, um, you know, for one thing, I, I'm, I love riding. And so I think sometimes um, my expression comes out a little bit more when, when I'm riding than, you know, maybe when I'm on a podcast or, t- or talking to friends or something. But uh, it gives me a time to kind of sit down and, and really think about how I'm feeling before a race or after a race. And um, yeah, you know, a lot of that was just uh, sitting sitting around um, in Chamonix in the apartment I was staying in. And uh, this is a few days before the race and just kind of reflecting on what the last few months had looked like. And then looking back even further, what the last few, few, few years of my career has looked like. And, um, I, I've kind of had a little bit of a rough patch, um, during the pandemic. I, you know, I ended up having surgery on my heel and the healing process just was so slow. And there's a whole bunch, you know, many things that came along with that that kind of kept setting me back and fitness was just not where I wanted it to be. Mental game was definitely not where I wanted it to be. Um, and I felt this urge to like try and, you know, get back in and get a golden ticket and, you know, go through the motions like, you know, like I had been doing the, in the years past and, and, um, relive 2019, you know, that's what I was like kind of aiming for. And, um, it it just wasn't happening. And so, um, I made a a quick shift, uh, probably I guess in April after the Canyons endurance run to just say, you know what, fuck it, let's, let's do something totally different and go like, see what it's like, uh, trying to run UTMB and be a runner in the Alps and, learn how to run with poles and a pack and um, forget your leg speed for a while. Just like really own this new craft and like enjoy the process and um, try and, you know, do something new that's going to like maybe spark a fire to like either go back to what I was doing in the past and, and, you know, come in with a little bit more excitement in that. Or maybe I do this and find out I love it and am a more uh, well-rounded runner. And so a lot of it, yeah, it was just kind of reflection on, um, what the last like year, two years has looked like and uh, how I was feeling like going into ultimately the biggest running challenge I think I've ever, ever, um, you know, thrown myself into. <laughs> so good, man. And I, and I love that you brought up that, that period in COVID where you were talking about, you know, that injury, like, and you, um, I mean, you mentioned it before on, on Dylan's podcast, how, you know, there was a risk of potentially getting that amputated and there was thoughts of that. I mean, dude, that story is so crazy to like fear, like face something that could potentially take away something that is a big love for you. And to see you not only just come back into the sport running, but come back so fully and with this drive to explore the newness, I think is so cool. So it sounds like the, the novelty of kind of this mountain training and this a little uh, different kind of running was the thing that re-sparked it, right? Was it like just that difference and kind of getting out of your comfort zone a little bit, or if that was your comfort zone or just different style of running, like was, was that kind of the thing? Yeah, definitely. I think um, I'm, I love trying new things and like um, whether that's hobbies or, or whatever in life, I, I've always kind of like jumped around. I've lived in a lot of different places. I've, you know, I was in the Navy for a while. I've, I've liked, I love experiencing new things. And um, what I found is like when I'm experiencing something new, it kind of relights a fire, you know, it's almost like a dopamine hit for me. Um, and I, I was just tired of like, you know, the nose to the, the grindstone, like just trying to like, you know, become something uh, that I was in the past. And I, I realized I needed to kind of strip all that away to like, get back to where I, I was. And, and um, like, training for UTMB was really interesting, because I, I did a, a total 180. Like I, I went and started um, putting in a lot more vert, finding, you know, finding the time to just like spend five or six hour days in the mountains where used to it was like, okay, a 90 minute run sufficed, and I, I was good to go. And um, yeah, so it was a lot of just kind of retraining the body in a whole new way. I, I found out, you know, I gained a lot of new strengths, things like that. Um, and it was really, I don't know, it was a cool experience because, um, you have all this extra time doing something totally different and totally new. And 
and you start to miss kind of what you were doing before, but you still also kind of fall in love with this new uh, process as well. And it was just, yeah, it was a good time. It's something I needed. And um, I think there'll be plenty more training blocks like that in the future too. Yeah, no, that's so cool, man. And I, I do love how you, you kind of talk about like there's the love for the newness, but it also makes you appreciate the thing that you were doing in the past. It's kind of like this dichotomy that, you know, you get when you're trying something new, which is super, super cool. And I know UTMB is, is kind of, you know, uh, we're a few months like kind of removed for it. You went through the race and stuff. What was maybe the biggest lesson you learned either about yourself or just, you know, about maybe running in general that you kind of took away from the experience that, you know, you're going to take with you for the rest of your running career? Yeah. Oh man. So many things. I think the biggest thing that stuck out, um, was, uh, the fact that like, you know, you can be, well, I guess, you know, the best way to put it, I was in like the depths of hell at certain points in that race. Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to die on the Italian side when, you know, I was spending, most of the first night on the Italian side and then the whole next day, like just moving so slow and thinking like, how does it, you know, how does anybody run like, like do races that last this long? And, um, you know, from the get go, from the gun, it was just not a good day. Heart rate was up. I don't know if I was sick had caught something. Mm -hmm. I don't know what was going on, but, um, I kind of, you know, Courtney DeWalter talks about a lot, like you get in the pain cave and she just chips away at the cave and makes the cave bigger and bigger. And, all I could think about the whole race was doing that. Like, I was like, I'm going to get around this, you know, this mountain regardless. And, um, then there's points where I would sit in aid stations for two hours, just trying to come up with every reason to drop out and, um, somehow, you know, got up and kept going and, and finished the loop. And I think that showed me, you know, I've had a lot of DNS over the last few years and a lot of it was, you know, health concerns and things like that. But some, some of them were just simply, I don't want to be out here right now. And, and, mm. The times where I was thinking that at UTMB and I'd get up and I'd start running again, you know, five minutes later, it was like, there's nowhere else I'd rather be, no matter how bad this is. And so um, kind of remembering that that happens, you know, in ultras and you go through waves, ups, ups and downs. And um, I never experienced it at that kind of level before. And so um, I think just getting through it and finding out that I, I have the ability to just like muster on, you know, just keep keep going. And, um, you know, when things get tough, you know, just take a little break. Nobody cares. You know, you can just keep going. And so, um, yeah, I, I'm taking a lot of, away from that. You know, it was a 29 and a half hour day and a half or whatever you want to call it. And, um, I think now like, you know, hopefully on a, on a good day, some of these other hundred milers, you know, I'm going to be running half that time or whatever. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. I learned a lot, but I think the fact that I could just keep going was, was a big one. <laughs> Yeah. And that's so cool how you mentioned, like you were in the depths of hell, you were in this place that was just so tough. Right. And, um, you know, you, uh, you've talked about this on the podcast before and it's, it's, uh, really, um, stuck with me is like in an ultra, like you really do have the ability to either keep going or just bail. And it's like, those are the decisions that you have to make that are really going to like make or break your race potentially. Right. And so, uh, I love how you bring that back in, you know, in UTMB facing these low points and this newness and just looking at it and being like, Hey, I'm going to keep going. Like I'm going to keep doing it. And the end of the experience is, is rewarding in the end, which is super, super cool for you. And, and so coming off of UTMB, right, this race that's new for you, you know, you're heading into Javelino, which is definitely more kind of like the classic Matt Daniels race, like super runnable, like, you know, you, that's a fast course, like, and you, you were kind of mentioning beforehand, before we say hey, record that you were also considering another race as well. So talk to me about the thought process and, you know, what made you want to go back to a race more of your style, like after doing something completely different, like talk to me about, you know, why Javelina this year? Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, so after, after UTMB, I, um, you know, the next week I was not feeling good, not like myself. I think that's to be expected when you spend that long in the Alps and travel and probably caught some bug. Um, but, uh, yeah, after that, that week of no running, I started jogging and it just felt incredible. It was like, I, I got some sort of, um, super compensation from, from the long day of low level, like aerobic, you know, level one, level two type aerobic exercise for 29 and a half hours. And, you know, um, physically I felt great because I was probably running much slower than I'm used to. And so no muscle soreness came off, um, UTMB just feeling like a champ really. And so wow. I was like, well, let's, let's just see how I'm feeling this week. And so two weeks after the race, I just started doing some runs with some friends and just, I mean, I felt better than I felt the whole UTMB block. And so I was like, okay, there's, I, I got to run at least one more race before the end of the year. You know, my contract's about to be up. I, I'd like to just kind of like put myself out there one last time and see, you know, what the, um, possibilities are and in going into the new year. And so 
uh, originally I had planned on doing JFK. Um, I love that race. It's a classic, like just, you know, one of the first ultras in the U.S., I think. And um, it's such a cool community and, and we don't get the chance to run on the East Coast very often. So I love going out there for that. Um, and so I was I was amped, like um, a bunch of friends and, and I all signed up for JFK and that was the plan. And then uh, training really started to progress. And I was like, man, maybe I should just like try and go ahead and get my ticket out of the way. And so um, I haven't fully ruled out JFK, but, you know, just in case something happens before Havelina, whether I get sick or not, but um, I decided to go ahead and, and do Havelina and, and try and get another ticket in the States. I mean, ultimately, Western States is my by far my favorite race and uh, something about it just keeps drawing me back. And I just got to I'm going to keep trying to get back in until probably, you know, <laughs> the end of time. And so, um, yeah, that, that was the the big decision. And, and training has been going really well. Knock on wood, you know, no, no niggles or injuries. I feel really strong. Um, it's kind of crazy. The uh, all I did all this mountain work and really neglected speed for probably the better part of four months, three or four months. And um, my speeds, you know, it's not, you know, where it's been in the past, you know, very, I'm not super fast, but again, this is a hundred miler and, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm feeling confident in how long I can hold certain paces and efforts right now and how effortless that feels. And I was thinking back to Dakota um, last year when he, he won Havelini, he came off of a big mountain block um, before that. And so I don't know if it necessarily, you know, I think when you get up to a hundred miles um, even like a course like Havelina, I don't, I don't know if it, you necessarily have to just be like fast road speed to do really well. I think, uh, having my background with being a faster athlete is going to help, but um, having the strength from, from that UTMB block, I think was the, is the biggest uh, factor right now. Mm, and that's such a good comparison to bring up Dakota's performance last year, because I think that was, I believe that it was like the first time, like a, a mountain guy, like someone who's like known for living in the mountains came and not only won the race, but shattered the course record, which was like super, super impressive. So I think like, even for me too, I love that you brought up that comparison. Cause I was curious to see like how that tra- that uh, training translated into this as well, because to your point, sure, it's a super runnable race, but you know, and I'm, I know you've seen it last year, like with some other guys in the race, like usually people who go out with these super fast times, I mean, it's a, it's a blow up city out there. So more of that endurance and that kind of longevity that comes with, you know, 29 hours in the mountains and kind of having that stuff can come into handy there for sure. So, and, and that's interesting that you said like your, your speed didn't like get affected too, too much. Do you think your endurance kind of improved too? Like, I guess, talk to me like a little bit more on like the nitty gritty effect. Cause like, I think when people think about training for Javelina, you know, it's like speed block and all that kind of stuff, but curious to like go deeper on those effects from like the mountain training. So talk to me a little bit more of that, that I'm super curious yeah definitely last year i um i i spent probably too much time trying to get fast or faster um Mm. and i think i neglected some of the endurance aspects i have i had a few good long runs but again those long runs i think i did a 50k up on mags where i averaged like under 630 pace and um and then i did the next day 22 miles where i averaged six minute pace and it was just um it's (laughs) just my gosh it's nice to have that fitness and to be able to see it on paper before going into a race but at the end of the day, like, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be spending more time at like seven to seven thirty to maybe even eight minute pace. And I need to be able to, um, sustain those paces. And so it's great for being able to run a 50 K that fast, you know, uh, before, but I think, um, what I was neglecting was some of that like lower end work where, um, you know, maybe I was more heavily fast twitch muscle fiber going into Havelina last year, where this year I'm probably more intermediate to slow twitch. And mm-hmm. um, I think that's going to bode really well in terms of like, you know, blow ups hopefully won't be as massive. <laughs> you know, everybody blows up in an ultra to some some degree. And um, I think, you know, when I'm really speedy and feeling really fit, um, it's usually 50K type fitness. And I need to hone that in a little bit more and think about 100 mile fitness. And so, yeah, having this big block where um, I, I, you know, for UTMB training for three months, I didn't, I wore a heart rate monitor. I didn't go over threshold, not once in in a workout, maybe a couple of climbs here and there, but, um, for the most part, it was very, very controlled steady state or below. And, um, just to kind of train my body that I need to be more like a diesel engine than a Ferrari. And, um, and I think that's helped a lot. Like, you know, the training over the last few weeks here, I've kind of dipped into threshold here and there on some other runs just to see how it feels. And, um, it's effortless compared to what it was, you know, a few, few weeks ago now of course all this has to you know come together on race day and in javelina is an interesting race because you have a really cool morning start for the first loop and then it just heats up so fast and so um and then you know there's 
a lot of fast guys in this in the in the field every year and a lot of guys with big road background or, or fast trail background and so it's uh one of those things where you got to be careful not to get too caught up in other people's races and um just know that you got five loops you got to run and most of it's going to be 85 to 90 degrees out and so um it's kind of the same the same game that happens at western states a lot of years where uh, i think a lot of guys train to be really fast for it and then they realize oh this is still an ultra marathon we you know it's a war of attrition rather than uh just throwing these punches and trying to win the race from the from the get-go yeah, for sure. And and like I mentioned in the intro, you have great experience at States, you know, with the fourth place finish there, which is just super, super impressive. I mean, like to, to come even top, top five in that race is just a historic achievement too. So, you know, that experience of having that out there at that kind of race and Javelina, yes, it's very much that same kind of thing with the heat and, and being able to, you know, kind of regulate yourself as opposed to just being fast out there, which is something that's like super, super crucial. I, I appreciate you sharing your insight on like the mountain training kind of going in beforehand because, um, it's, it's interesting. You also bring up how, you know, spending those long training runs out there and even the long race might make this feel shorter and feel kind of like a little more effortless because you are, you know, not essentially, on your feet for so, so long. So it's like essentially like half a day, which is super cool, you know, to see that relative to, to the other stuff, which, which has got to make it a little bit easier from a mental perspective. Right. Yeah. I mean, I sure hope so. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, that's, that's the the beauty of ultra running, right. Is, uh, you know, every, every single race is different. And then, you know, you can literally flip a coin to get an outcome each time you line mm. up. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's the fun in it all. You can only do so much in, in preparation before and, and, um, you know, confidence goes a long ways in these races, I think, and, and smarts and that sort of thing. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, my speed background and then this huge endurance block I just did. And then, um, you know, things like growing up in Texas and the heat and then running Western States, you know, in the past, so I hope all those things kind of can come to a head in, in one race. That's what everybody hopes for, right? Is all their past experiences can, can come together on the day. And, um, you know, that's, you can only do so much, but, uh, that's, that's what we're hoping for is a good result. <laughs> Yeah, hundred percent, man. And you have such like a wide experience of, you know, different races. And then now even, you know, kind of to, to keep talking about it, like the UTMB experience under your belt, like you have such a good breath, really one of the best, like I would say like uh depth into the field. When I look at all the entrants on there, like when I look at the people who have some of the most in-depth experiences out there, like you're definitely on that list for sure. So it's going to be cool to see you kind of utilize all those things together. I'm, I'm curious for you. Cause you know, uh, how do you, if you, if you'd like to share that is like, how, how do you kind of think about racing this kind of race? Cause you know, Havelina is such an interesting one and you mentioned it too in the beginning. It's so cool out there. And then it gets, you know, this year, I mean, I'm in Phoenix and it has not cooled down from the summer. I think it's going to be pretty hot this year. And you were out there last year too. So it was relatively cooler, but how do you think about racing a race like this? Are you more kind of conservative? Do you like to take risks? And like, I guess like, what's your, how do you kind of weigh those things when you're like racing into a hundred miles? And then like for this specific race, is that kind of any different? Are you thinking about things? Like, I'd love to hear like what, what your brain's going through as you're thinking about like the, the race strategy and taking risks and all those things and yeah. on, on Javelina. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for hundred miles in general, so much of it's about, you know, what's the goal of the race? Like for me, UTMB was all about the experience and I knew, you know, hopefully I can come out and get a top 10 if I have a great day. Um, but, and then Western States in 2019 was all about trying to get top 10 to get it, get back in the next year. And, um, so certain races are, you got to get top two and certain races are like, Hey, I have this core, you know, there's all these things. And so you got to think about the goal. Um, so, you know, for Havelina, the goal is obviously a golden ticket and it's top two. And, um, like you said, uh, something very specific about this one is the heat and it's exposed the whole time. There's, there's not a lick of shade in that whole race. And so, um, I think, you know, usually in the desert, the mornings are a little bit cooler. I think right now, actually, it's not even that cool. It's been in the sixties in the morning, but hope, hopefully in a few weeks we'll look, we'll look and it'll be like high fifties, low sixties, um, for that first loop. And, um, yeah, the, I, I think regardless, uh, that race always the first loop's always a little bit quicker just because it's cooler and i think you have to take advantage of that but don't be stupid sort of thing um and then uh yeah for me a lot of it's just going to be kind of feeling out the day and seeing how everybody else looks and feels I, i'm i've raced just about everybody in the field i think or most everybody in the field so i'm very familiar with what their strengths and weaknesses are um but a lot of that's 
you know, something you can't really think too much about until like loop three or four, because again, mm -hmm. so, so many things happen. I think last year, for instance, I felt amazing um, and was leading through loop two, but then my injury and heel just mm -hmm. completely blew up from, you know, running in the sand and that sort of thing. And so um, it turned into a totally different race after I had dropped out, you know, and then it was like some people bunched back up and ran together and that sort of thing. So I think, um, yeah, I don't know yet, you know, how patient I'll be or how, how, um, you know, if I, if I do take the lead at any point, I don't know if I'll like do a purposeful surge or anything like that. A lot of it's just kind of feeling it out and seeing in the moment. And again, I think playing to what the weather conditions are going to be like is, is going to be key. And, um, again, how well am I fueling? That's a big thing for, for myself. If I can't hold things down early, then I'm going to have to be more patient. If fueling's going great early on, then maybe I can give a little bit more effort than I normally would, you know, and, and try and separate myself. So, um, a lot of it, yeah, is just kind of seeing what comes with the day and, um, you know, problem solving as you go. I think uh, that's, I think one thing I've learned a lot about races over, over 50 K is, or 50 miles, I guess, is, um, you can't have too much of a game plan. I mean, you can, you can sort out things as much as, as you want and sort of have a, um, a loose idea of what, what things are going to look like, but, something will always, you know, change and go wrong. And, uh, you gotta be able to adapt and, and roll with the punches. So good, man. Oh, I love that so much because I, and I'm sure you've seen this too. Like, you know, working with athletes is, you know, it, it, it can be easy to have like a hundred miles and like have like your, you know, section by section detailed plan. And then to your point, like once you get past 50 miles, I mean, the margin of error for things to go wrong is so high. Like, I mean, there's so many things that can go wrong. And it's like, if you have that strict plan, you know, the brain can kind of get all nuts and be like, well, what do I do now? I had this plan like, oh shit, I'm screwed now. And I love that you take this intuitive kind of approach to, to dealing with those things. And like, how, what does that kind of look like in Matt Daniels, like head, like when something kind of goes, you know, like not to plan, like, and cause you're a great problem solver. Like I know you, you've gone through highs and lows and races and you know, you've had like, I mean, even at Gorge, like earlier this year, right. Like you were in a position where, um, you know, you didn't feel great and you were talking about potentially dropping and then you went out and freaking won the thing, which was so cool. Like, like when you're, when a problem arises or something unexpected, like how do you personally solve it? Like walk us through that. I'm curious to know gosh that's gone a lot of different ways uh, throughout the <laughs> if we're being completely honest you know um yeah just real talk there's been times where the problems popped up and i'm just like i get super pissed and down and out and you know i expect things to be one way or like it's a problem i didn't even think about and and some honestly sometimes that's that's led to me like just being like i don't want to be out here and dropping out right like mm. happier going home and then um as I've matured and gotten a little older, I think, uh, or, you know, had more experiences over this last year, um, I'm able to problem solve a little bit better and, and know that, you know, that that's just the territory that comes with this sport is like, you're just going to go through shit. And so, um, I think in my head it, it, lately over the last year, it's been like, okay, um, you know, something happens, uh, just take a minute, you know, you don't have to like, keep trying to fight through it or anything like that. I think I've always been kind of a fighter when things have happened and, and trying to be the tough guy and like muster it out. And, and one thing I've kind of figured out is like the power of the brain is in, insane. It's incredible. I mean, sometimes just like stopping for 30 seconds and like, I don't know, eating a gel or like just, I've like sat on a rock, I think at, um, uh, broken arrow a couple uh, last year, I, I literally just sat on a rock for a minute and just like kind of shut my eyes and was just like thought things through. And then it was like, okay, I can get up. And then, you know, next thing I know, I'm passing three guys and I'm feeling, you know, hundred percent better. And, and same sort of thing at Gorge and, um, with the hundred milers, you know, it's okay to spend a little bit of time doing nothing. You know, sometimes that's what your mind needs is a little bit of a rest. You know, this is an endurance sport. And, um, I think sometimes having those little breaks, whether it's a little walk break or just changing your pace slightly or, um, sometimes I've sped up even and mm. knocked me out of whatever's going wrong. And so, yeah, just kind of like be really being in tune with your body and figuring out what, what does it need and, um, listening to, to that and, um, yeah, making the adjustments as needed. You know, we're not race cars. People use the analogy all the time, but we're not race cars. You can't just go, go through a pit stop and everybody does everything for you and you get out and you're magically like able to just, <laughs> you know, hammer on through, like we're physical beings and that's just, uh, you got to really like hone into what the mind and the body connection is doing. And I think, um, that's been a big, 
big part of uh, the change over the last year and what, how I've been able to like finish races rather than you just drop out when things go bad. Dude, I love that so much because, you know, especially in a race like Javelina where it's it's a fast 100 miler and, and people are competing for a golden ticket. And, you know, I raced last year too. And there was moments like where I just always felt like I had to be moving, like I had to be going, like even when problems came up and like it's it's so refreshing to hear like somebody, the elite athlete at your caliber to say like, it's okay to take a minute just to slow down. And like, even if we think about it, right to, to your point, it's such a long race that a minute in the grand scheme of things over, you know, 13, 14 hours, however long you're out, there's really nothing. And if it's going to save you like hours or, you know, even just like minutes, like down the road, like it's a, it's, it's normal to take that. I know you talk about like uh, being intuitive and like, you know, just kind of knowing those things. One thing that was super cool to just kind of hear about your training. And I've heard you talk about this on other podcasts is like, you're being very in tune with your body and your training as well. So has that like allowed you to help to build that skill a lot more to kind of practice that in the day to day? I guess like talk to me a little bit about how that kind of translates into like how you're able to be intuitive on the field when, you know, something happens that you need to kind of deal with. Cause I love that approach. And I think it's something in a busy world that we tend to lose sight of because there's so many external things going on. So I guess like talk to me about like that in training and how it kind of translates onto race day for you. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, that's the, the cool thing about training is when you scope out a bit and you look at the big picture of, you know, weeks and months stacked on top of each other. Um, it looks the same as a race. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, you can look at my Strava graph and the mileage, the weekly mileage or the daily mileage, everything. Um, and you can see that it's not just linear, you know, it's not just like you're just going the whole time and progressing, I mean, maybe Jim's is, I don't know if he'd ever post his data, we know, but, um, <laughs> I think, I think, uh, when you scope out and you look at that, it's very similar to how these ultras go and, and things aren't, they're rarely going to be perfect the whole way. And so, um, with daily training, yeah, it's, it's rolling with the punches. You know, there's days I don't want to get out and, um, I have to make adjustments. And sometimes that's like, I was supposed to do a workout instead I'm running easy. Um, so I'm giving that the mind, the break, you know, the body, the break. And, um, then next day I go out or maybe two days later, or maybe the next week I have the workout and the workout's probably twice as fast. And I feel twice as good as I would have otherwise. And, uh, I get more out of it. And so sometimes, um, when you relate that to a race, it's like, I'll take an extra minute in an aid station or 30 seconds of kind of walking or jogging in the race. And then all of a sudden I'm making that up because I feel so much better, um, mm -hmm. later on. And so, um, yeah, you know, life, life is crazy too. You know, a lot of us ultra runners have full-time jobs and stuff, you know, to try and make it, you know, this isn't a sport where we make a ton of money. And so I think, um, those things can, can get in the way and, and require you to kind of pivot and, um, look at your stress bucket and see like, you know, can I get out for what's on the schedule today? And, um, sometimes you have to make the decision that like, regardless of how you feel, you're still going to get out and kind of, um, work through whatever it is that you're, you're dealing with. And, um, I found to be some of those days just as beneficial as, um, mm. scrapping it, you know? And, um, yeah, like I've had a busy, busy work day or stressful day, you know, on the home front. And then it's like, Oh, I have a five hour night run in the mountains to get ready for UTMB. How am I going to do that? Like, I don't, I don't even want to go out. Like I just ate a big pizza, like had a beer, like, what am I doing? And then, you know, you get out there and, you know, you're seeing these like crazy eyes looking at you from like a mountain lion or a deer and like, what am I doing? And then you get done with the run at 1am and it's like, that was awesome. That was epic. This is great. You know, and you just, you gain so much from it. And so, um, again, it's just kind of like, you know, knowing when's the right time to get out and when's not, and, um, really listening, listening to your body. And that translates over to race day, I think. And, and all this is to say, like, it's not something you can just like flip the switch and do it. It takes years and years of, of running and training to kind of like, um, realize this and under and fully understand it. And I still don't even have it figured out, you know? <laughs> so, um, I think, yeah, it's, it's, you, you gotta be easy on yourself, I guess is what I'm, I'm trying to get at. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, that is just gold right there. I, I love there, there's the two elements of it, right? It's like being adaptable, but at the same time, still following through sometimes and knowing that like the payoff is going to feel better than just 
kind of scrapping it sometimes, right? Like if, if, you know, you kind of go through that stressful day or that busy day, like you mentioned, and you go out for a run, like in the middle of it, it might be like, wow, this is like crazy. But at the end, it's like, that was fucking cool. Like that was awesome. Or like, I'm proud that I did that. Like, so cool to see you kind of bring that in. Um, kind of like, uh, I know you mentioned too, like you're still kind of figuring it out. And we were kind of talking a little bit about this on the, before the pod, but I wanted to, to kind of dive into it on here. Um, you know, you mentioned you're still like learning in your career and stuff. And I'm, I'm curious for you, like, you know, coming into Havelina here, um, what's kind of the story that you want to write for yourself? Like right now, like at this point in your life and career, and, and I'm talking about like you, like for you, Matt, like when you think about like what you want to create for you, the fulfillment you want to get out of the things, like, like, when you think about your point in the career, like what, what's the things that you want to create through your running journey, whether it is Javelina afterwards, like, you know, punching a ticket to States, like, tell me, tell me about that. Like from like a, you know, philosophical level, I'd love to hear it. Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, it's funny you, you say like for me and what's always driven me uh, to, to do this and keep doing it at 35 years old is I love, and it's so like everybody will say this or cliche or whatever, but I love being able to inspire and that can come in so many different ways, right? Like um, for a while I was all about like um, getting track athletes inspired to try out ultras. I was like, Hey, like if I can break four in the mile and go do this, you can too. Like ultra running is awesome. Like do it. Um, In college, it was like, I wanted to be that guy on the team that inspired everybody to like score as many points as they could in nationals and do all the events rather than just focusing on one event. Or um, when I first started, it was, uh, you know, elementary school, I was, I was a kid that got made fun of and, you know, had to go to counseling and have all these issues. And all my buddies were playing football growing up in Texas. And it was like, what can I do to like inspire people, you know, instead of just getting made fun of. And it was like, I found out I was good at running and I just leaned into it a bit. And next thing I know, I have a friend group and everybody's running and it's a cool thing to do. Like, you know, we're in the newspapers and things like that. And so I think I've kind of always, um, been drawn to like do things that are going to hopefully inspire people to do, you know, even crazier things. And I think that was part of my decision jumping into UTMB and doing something totally different is, um, to kind of maybe inspire a, a group of runners who like never would think about doing something like that. Like the, you know, it's easy to put ourselves in boxes and categorize ourselves as certain types of people or in, um, for instance, like for me as a runner, I, for a long time thought I was a miler and then it was like, okay, I know I'm a marathoner and it's like, no, I can do it all. And so when you decide to do that, it opens up a world of opportunity, um, for a lot of other things too. And, and I think, um, you know, don't, don't live a boring life. Like just do cool things and like take it to the next level. And, um, you never know who you're going to inspire by doing that. And that's kind of what's always driven me. And, um, kind of the point of going back to Javelina is, um, to, kind of write the next chapter of like, uh, you know, I, I had, I, right when I got into ultra running, it was like, I was on fire, had the best year. 2019 was awesome. I don't think I lost a race. Like, you know, everything was just going perfect. And then COVID hit and then my injury happened. And then it's been this like, just like tug of war trying to like get back to where I was before. And, um, and a lot of people, I don't, you know, I think, you know, a lot of people, I don't know if people have written me off or not, but I think a lot of people wonder, like, you know, there's been a lot of ups and downs. There's no secret. Like, I haven't had a, lot, a great racing season, but then I've had glimpses of just like, oh, there's the old Matt. And so I think part of it for me is getting back to um, being the old the old Matt in the ultra world and um, seeing if I'm capable of still doing that. And then uh, hopefully inspiring people to, like, work through whatever it is that they're going through so, you know, they can experience that greatness again um so i think yeah having the two years of injury and subpar perform performances um kind of has lit a fire for me to kind of get back to what i used to be and hopefully kind of like reinvigorate um you know my running and and i don't know put me like you know put me on a level where i feel like i can make the choice to do something big uh in some other aspect again whether maybe maybe if i get back to in the States and I feel healthy, it's like, okay, maybe I'm going to go for it and kind of call my shot and try and beat Jim or something like that, you know? So that's just kind of where my mind's at and what I'm trying to do. And, um, and all that is to say, it's, it's to try and uplift other people to do the same thing. I think that that's where I get my joy. 
Oh, dude, so good. And and I can tell you, man, that you are you are accomplishing your mission, at least from I'm speaking for myself, because seeing you do a race like UTMB has inspired me to like go out of my comfort zone. And I got I races planned next year that like people would hear me like, wow, you're doing that thing. And so but I owe it to, to you and to, you know, seeing you go after, you know, just a race out of, you know, that's that's new and foreign to you. Um, like, so inspires like people like me to kind of get out of the comfort zone. And even just knowing your story of coming back from, you know, just such a crazy injury, like I mentioned before, that's inspiring to me because, and, you know, even so, uh, I've thought about when the first time I listened to that podcast, you explain your journey. Like I've thought it and I've always thought of that. I was like, I know that, you know, if Matt can go through this experience and run and compete, like, I know that whatever happens to me, like there's probably a way I can come back. So I want to say, man, like, uh, you are, accomplishing your mission, at least for me. And I know for many others who are following along your journey of inspiring people. And is that kind of like your big why when it comes to like ultra running? Like, is it the inspiration? Uh, do you have like anything kind of deeper that you like, like to learn about yourself? Like, I guess, I guess we're getting deep into the philosophical stuff, but I mean, dude, you, you write these fire blog posts. So I gotta, I gotta go deep into the, the philo uh, philosophical stuff. But like, when you think about your why for ultra running, is it also the, ins is it the inspiration or is it something deeper? Like, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, well, first, thanks, man. I, I appreciate that. And, um, you know, to go off what you said, I think, uh, you know, we, we all have a journey and we're all going through something. And so if we can relate it to somebody else, it's a little bit easier to go through that journey and try new things. And um, maybe that's part of my why. You know, I think um, I, my why has shifted a lot throughout my running career. And I think that's a natural thing. Um, a lot of people, you know, are going to experience um, running in, in so many different ways. And, you know, um, for me at the start, it was like, you know, to do something and, and become somebody other than just like, you know, I didn't want to fall into the, the category of like, um, you know, doing what everybody else at my school did play football and be with all the kids that were making fun of me and try and like do what they were doing. I wanted to do my own thing. And, um, I think, you know, my why has kind of always been driven from that. And I don't know, when I started to fully realize that, I think, you know, subconsciously that was always the case, but I think more recently I've kind of realized like that's where it kind of all has stemmed from. And, um, and yeah, it's always, you know, I don't, I don't want to say like, well, I don't know. I think, you know, my why is always, it's always shifting, but right now it's, um, it's, it's been more for myself than, than anything. I think I, I'm just finally at a point where it's like, this is what I want to do for myself. Um, I, I need to have something that's fulfilling to, you know, keep me happy and, um, and, and maybe the, I'll benefit somewhere down the line something else in life from, from doing this and, and trying to have success on winning Havilene or something, you know, it all seems so pointless when you really look at it, but deep down, um, you know, having these accomplishments and, and having these like soul searching journeys in the mountains or on the trails, do something internally. And I think, um, that's what I'm kind of always searching for. And, and I, um, you know, I don't know, it, it's, uh, it changes a lot, but I think at its core, it's always just like to try and just like, you know, go there, find something new and go there. And I don't really know how else to explain it really. It's just kind of a, um, internal feeling. <laughs> I love that, man. Oh, it's so good. And even when you say like doing this, like for you, that internal joy, that internal fulfillment. And I love that you mentioned that because, you know, it, and I mentioned this like a, a listeners probably know on the podcast, I mentioned this before, but it can be so easy to do things for external reasons, right? For, you know, the hoopla or for the, you know, external, you know, social media stuff. But I love what you say, like, yeah, I'm doing this for me. Like, and a lot of times, like, I think even in the world, like where it, it's so important to like do things for other people, like from a giving perspective, but sometimes we can lose sight of like, you know, we need to take care of us and we need to do what's happy for us, you know? And so I love how you kind of take that approach too. And I'm kind of curious, like when, you know, you mentioned like you learn things about yourself along the way, and obviously you write, you know, these, these great blog posts and these great reflections. Do you kind of have like a process to capture the things that you learn? Like, is it, is it the blog post itself? Like, do you reflect after each race? Like, how do you take away kind of the nuggets that you learn along the journey to like really integrate them deeply? Or I guess like, do you have a reflection process? process is the question I'm kind of going for here to encapsulate everything you learn. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't think I necessarily have a, a, a set up process. It's something I've always kind of just, um, been able to do and, and do, I've, I found it really important in life and that's how I've, um, you know, 
kind of gotten by, I guess, is like, you know, you do something and you reflect on it and how do you make it better or, or, you know, whatever the case may be. I think, uh, it's only been, you know, I've always journaled and things like that, but it's only been recently. I've kind of put that out in the, to the public and it's an uncomfortable mm-hmm. thing. And I, personally doing it, um, to make myself feel uncomfortable has been the purpose. It's like, I, I'm trying to put myself out there a little bit more and learn like, why do I feel that way? And, and so I think a lot of it, um, is just me trying to, find more meaning in, in like, oh, find more meaning in life or find more meaning in like what I'm doing and what my purpose is. And, um, you know, it's a short period of time that we, we have on this earth. And so I'm just always like thinking like, how can I make, uh, make it a more enjoyable time or like, um, for a while I, I really suffered with the, with depression. And so finding out like where that was coming from and where that was stemming from, um, caused for a lot of reflection. And so I don't think I've ever had like a, a certain process. It's just always been, I've always been a guy, you know, deep thinker and, and like to um, look back on past experiences and, and look forward to future experiences just as much. I know a lot of people say don't live in the past and don't think about the future, but that's where I get excited. And when I'm in the now thinking about those two things, it's like, you know, that's what keeps me alive and keeps me going. And so, um, yeah, I think it, it just kind of comes about. And um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> No, it's so good, man. And I, man, I love that statement. It's like when you're in now thinking about both the past and the the lessons learned in the past and the things that excite you in the future, man, like that is so, so cool because like you're, you're gaining the the wisdom from the experiences in the past. And then you're also having like this goal to strive for. And then in the present, you're executing it on all, which is super, super cool. And, uh, I love kind of like, you know, even you talking about before, like thinking about like potentially exciting goals, like, you know, beating Jim at Western States and like, you know, going for it. That's like so, so cool to see you just have those like aspirations and kind of going for it and wanting to get something bigger than yourself, which is super, super awesome. Like what's your process for coming up with goals? Is it just as simple as, does it excite me? Does it fire me up? Like what, what's the, what's the goal setting kind of orientation for you? Yeah, it's definitely, um, definitely along those lines. Like what, what excites me, what, um, you know, there's no point. I don't think there's any point in doing things that aren't going to make you feel a certain way. Um, you know, sometimes I'll do things because it'll make me feel a certain way in a negative way. And I, but I want to experience that and get through it and work through it and learn from it. And so, um, I think this whole process of like coming back and putting myself out there to try and get back into States and then having a big audacious goal of like doing well in a race like that, you know, is, um, going to be more of a learning experience than anything, but also something that, um, can give me confidence for things in the future. And, and, um, yeah, I don't know the, the, um, the whole like process of, of finding goals and, and things just, you know, for me, they, they come up sporadically. I don't know what it is. Um, yeah, it's always, uh, is this going to inspire people? Does it inspire me? Does it keep me excited? Um, and then, yeah, it, you know, sometimes though, you know, I'd be lying if I said I, I wasn't thinking about like sponsorship things and, and stuff that sucks like money and how like oh if i don't do this race you know i'm not (laughs) you know there's a chance i'm not going to get re-signed or um you know and then i i've got to find a different job or like you know you know there's things like that too that that obviously go into the equation Mm -hmm. but for me what i'm learning more recently is those things are more of distractions than anything else like um if you're not really loving the process and really enjoying what you're doing which for me right now is, is running and racing on the trails then um, all that, none of that stuff's going to come anyways. And so I think try to stop, you know, for me, not trying to force it and just do the things that are keeping me happy and exciting. And, um, right now that's being, being in the trail community, running with my buds in Boulder and, um, competing at a high level in races and, you know, those sort of things, um, those are what's, what's going to uh, drive me to, you know, to keep setting new goals and keep raising the bar. So good, man. Oh, I, I, I love that aspect of like finding the things that excite you and even those questions you were asking, right? It's like, does this inspire me? Does this inspire other people? Like, I love that gauge because it kind of 
when we were talking about like your why, like it checks all those boxes in there. And so to see that alignment is just so rad, man. And I'm, I'm excited to follow the journey because man, I, I still, I know you still have so much awesome upside ahead of you, man. And like you, you have it in you to, to go out there. Like I even say, like, I think you're, you're one of the, the guys to watch out there for Javelina for sure. And I think you're, you're going to have a great race out there and I'm stoked to, to follow along and see you continue to not only inspire yourself, but a lot of people too, along that journey, man, it's going to be super cool and kind of pivoting towards like the, the tail end of the podcast. I, I want to definitely talk about, you know, your experience in Boulder running with, you know, the group, like you, you said it before the podcast, everybody knows that the Boulder boys, so to say, um, what is that kind of experience been like, you know, I guess like leading into Javelina specifically, like you've talked about, like, you know, on the podcast running with other people like, uh, you know, Adam and Hayden and kind of, you know, being able to talk, what have maybe those conversations kind of been like, you know, leading into Javelina as, you know, you're, you're training with the Boulder boys out there. Like would love to hear what that insight's been during the specific training block. Yeah. Oh, it's been interesting. Um, you know, uh, going into Javelina, it's been a, a little bit different actually um, than mm-hmm. it has for past races. I think, Partly, uh, you know, we're all coming off of big races that Drew and Seth ran CCC and did really well. Mm -hmm. Um, Adam's been recovering from uh, Western States and then, you know, he has a newborn and and a new job and all that too. So he's just kind of like trying to um, slowly get back into things and not not be stupid about just signing up for a race to sign up for a race, that sort of thing. He's a super intelligent guy and very in tune with himself. And, and, you know, and then Hayden's, um, he's back in Utah now since his surgery, his knee Mm -hmm. surgery. And so we're all kind of been all over the place a little bit. I've been running a lot with uh, John Ray and he's actually running mm. as well. And we've become pretty good friends over the last year. And um, man, he's on a heater. He just crushed it at, at CCC. And so um, he'll be fun to run with at Javelina. But, you know, most of these runs have been um, more or less not really talking much about, about the races of You know, when it is brought up, it's kind of um, my friends reminding me of like, you know, something it's easy when you sign up for a race and you're like, Oh, like, should I be doing this after a UTMB block? And then your friends are like, dude, this is your bread and butter. Like, you know, go do it. And it's still a little bit of confidence in that sort of thing. So when there's conversation around the race, it's about that. But, you know, the nice thing about having these friends and, and running with them is half the time we don't talk about our races and that sort of thing. And that's, that's the fun part is like, we don't, uh, we're not always encapsulated on what we're about to, to have to undertake with the races and stuff. And so I think it, it bounces us out a bit where, we're on a run and maybe we're talking about um, our hobbies or drinking wine or uh, John Ray and I both like love baseball. And so we're talking about the playoffs and things like that. And um, you know, that, that's uh, that's where all the fun is in all this is spending those, those miles and all those hours out there with your buds and just talking about God knows what. And, um, and then showing up to the race, like fresh and pumped up to, to do something new and, and kind of like have that fight and that you haven't had, you know, cause you've been running with your friends. And so you're not like competing in practice and stuff. And then you get to race and the fire is there and it's a totally different setting. And, um, that's, yeah, that, I, I've been drawn more from that than anything else. Oh man. I, I, I love that answer so much because I think it can be like for, for us mere mortals out here, like seeing like elite athletes, like I'm, I'm always curious, like, are they talking about like the race and like strategy and stuff? But it's so cool to see that, you know, you're, you're talking about, you know, hobbies and personal interests and, you know, keeping it light and fun. Cause I love that. Cause I mean, that's the value number one of friendship, but like two, to your point, like you get to the race because like so excited because you're not in this mode where you're always thinking about competition or you're, you know, always just kind of focused on like, you know, killing someone else in a race, like not literally, but figuratively, you know? And so I like that aspect to see the, you know, running with, you know, guys like John, who, I mean, you know, last year at Javelina golden ticket winner and fourth at CCC. I mean, he's a, he's a good dude to, to, to be in touch with for this kind of race. So, um, that's awesome, man. Like I'm so, uh, so stoked to, to hear that along the journey and that it's like played an impact as well. And that should be towing the line together during the race, which will be, uh, be, be super, super cool, man. Um, I'm curious for you, the, the last kind of question I have, and this is very like logistical nitty gritty, but it's a question I get all the time with Javelina and, uh, you know, it's a very runnable course. I mean, you've been on the course, you know, it, um, you go road shoe or trail shoe at Javelina. Like what's your, and obviously like Nike's had a stellar year with trail shoes with, with the ultra fly. That's what I'm going with on race day, but curious for you, like, are you going road or trail shoe at Javelina? Oh gosh, that, um, is a good question and still up for debate. I, um, am waiting to see. So I've been training a lot in the ultra fly and, and I love it for, for those types of trails. So, um, that's an option. Uh, 
but I'm also waiting. Um, I'm getting the new Invincibles in um, mm. to be this week, and I want to just take those for a test run and see how they feel. I I love you know being road background. I love running in road shoes, but uh, in in a course like Javelina, trail shoes aren't 100 necessary. You know, sometimes it's nice to have a little bit of lug to dig into the sand, but it's not necessary. And so, um, yeah, it, the big thing with Nike Red is, is the foams and um, and how much like cushion you get in a hundred miler. I'd like to have a little bit more cushion. I'm long legged and really thin. And so anything I can have to protect the legs is, is good. And so, um, yeah, it'll be probably between those two shoes and, um, I'll bring everything just in case though. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And the invincible has got that thick cushion. So like, I mean, that's, that's all the cushion you're going to get out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Oh, or the infinity. Sorry. Not the invincible. Oh, the infinity. Oh, yeah, gotcha. The invincible quite a bit, but the infin- the new infinity I'm excited to try and, uh, yeah. So I just, just got a, or should be getting a pair this week, but yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. It's, it's always like a, that's like the question I've been getting the most in my DMS is like, are you going road or trail shoe for Javelina? And I mean, I think like to your point, it's like so many people wear road shoes. I remember like last year, Nick Curry wore like a vapor fly for like the first like two loops, know. which is, <laughs> I don't know about that one though. <laughs> oh man. Do you ever, and I'm curious, I guess maybe talking about like some of like the faster road stuff, like I guess to, I lied about that being the last question, but do you ever have an interest to go back into the shorter, faster stuff? Or are you living in the the long and the, the kind of, um, you know, the over ultra kind of, uh, you know, races? Like, do you ever have any interest to like do a marathon again or shorter stuff? Like what, how do you think about that? Yeah, sure. I think, um, well, after watching Chicago this last week, I was fired up. I was like, man, I'm going to go run another marathon, get an OTQ. <laughs> yes. No, I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm uh, pretty set on, I have a lot in trail I want to accomplish and do. And, um, and a lot of that's just finding the limits with some of these longer races. And I think it's something I haven't fully um, nailed down yet, I guess, to say. Like, you know, you never really nail down anything, right? You're always, your expectations always keep... Um, you know, accelerating, but I think, uh, yeah, for me, um, I want to, yeah, I want to keep exploring the longer races, keep getting better at them. Um, also, you know, I'm not getting any younger. And so you, you, I mean, I'm still considered fast, right. In the ultra world with leg speed, but you get down the roads and, uh, especially here in Boulder, you're on the back roads and, you know, there's marathoners just flying by and it's like, how did I ever used to do that sort of thing? And so, um, yeah, I, I, I'll probably stick to the trails and, there's a lot I want to do. I, I also, I want to try a, a 200 miler before this is all done. So I don't know when that'll be, but, um, that's something I want to experience and, um, it'll probably be, you know, a while from now, but, uh, yeah, I, I can't see myself going back on the roads. <laughs> Whoa. So that's awesome. That's so cool to see you want to go into like the 200 miles, which is cool. Like, and I'm, I'm sure that's the same kind of vein of like UTMB is just trying something different out of your comfort zone. Right. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, well, I think one thing I want to do before I, I dip in the 200 is like really have a go at getting getting good at, in the mountains and running well at UTMB or Hard Rock, maybe something mm. like that, which by the way, today's October 11th. So I need to... Uh, <laughs> today's the day. Today's the day. <laughs> Rock, you know, start, start putting in for that. But um, anyways, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot I want to try and accomplish in the mountains. And I just love running in the mountains just as much as I love running fast on the trails. And so um, getting better at that and learning a lot... Um, from that and uh is, is my first goal and then maybe you know when i'm 40 or something we'll dip into the 200s which is not, not that far away it's only five years from now so <laughs> oh man that's so cool and i i love that man i love that you're like dipping into the things that are like you know your kind of style with javelina but still like setting your sights on like i want to do things in the mountains i want to like perfect that or i want to not perfect it but just get better at it and then eventually do a 200 man like i i have such respect for athletes who and you said it best right like you know, it can be easy to put yourself in a certain box, like saying, I am a road runner. I am, you know, a 50 miler. I am like a non-technical flat trail kind of runner. Right. But you're breaking out into different areas, which I think, you know, not only makes you a well-rounded athlete, but a well-rounded person. And, and I think, and to kind of, you know, come full circle on the conversation, that's something that I've always appreciated of you as an athlete is, 
you know, I see you as not just someone who is a talented athlete, but a person who has depth and has insight and has something to give more to the community, like through your insights and lessons and, you know, your, your uh, willingness to inspire. And man, that's just something I've appreciated you since I've, you know, followed, followed your running journey from the very beginning and, and kind of followed along all, all leading up to this podcast, man. So it's been so awesome chatting with you, Matt. Like seriously, this conversation has been amazing for anyone listening. I'll put links to Matt's socials, uh, his blog, everything as such in the show notes and, and follow along his stuff. If you haven't read his blog, please do. Like he's got some, like I was saying, just some absolutely amazing writing on there for sure. And uh, definitely some of my favorite reads in the trail world. Um, but Matt, before we round out the podcast, I have to ask you the last question that I ask every single guest on the podcast here, you know, because the show is called Everyday Ultra and we strive to help our listeners be better endurance athletes every day. My question to you, my friend is what can our listeners do every single day to be better endurance athletes? Have fun with it. You know, don't put your pressure, don't put pressure on yourself. Like at the end of the day, it's just running. And you can learn a lot from it or you can leave it there and learn nothing from it, but just have fun with it or else there's no point in doing it. So good. And from someone who, you know, competes at the high level and for who wants like great for themselves, it's so cool to see that you want to have fun with it as well along the way. And it's not just about, you know, the times, the podium finishes, anything like that, man. It's just super cool to see that, you know, you're, you're balancing both and living it out. And dude, I'm so stoked for you at Javelina. Like I'm betting at you, you're my, you're going to be in my fantasy, uh, trail picks for sure. Uh, and I'm excited to see you, uh, out there crushing and to, to race with you too, man. So I'll be out there and hopefully trying to keep up with you out there. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, Joe. And looking forward to seeing you here in a few weeks. Absolutely, man. It's going to be fun. Thanks again, Matt. Cool. Thank you so much for listening to the Everyday Ultra Podcast. I appreciate you taking the time to do so. And if you absolutely love the show and want to support us in any ways, there's a few ways that you can do so. The first way is writing us a review on the platform of your choice. Reviews really, really matter and they help us to spread the word a lot more. So if you have the time to do so, would love that as well. Number two, you can join our Patreon community. Patreon helps us to support the show and helps us to grow and invest into new developments and growth. And on top of that, just for about $5 a month, you can get access to monthly calls with me where you can ask me anything on a monthly basis, connect with other members in the Everyday Ultra community, and ultimately get early access episodes without ads as well, which is super, super cool, all for about $5 a month. So it's a great way to support us. And then number three is taking care of our sponsors on here. So as you heard in the beginning of the podcast, uh, we had some sponsors in here. And if you want to invest into their product and uh, go try them out, they're all products that I've tried either in my training and I live by. I don't take any sponsorships from anybody I don't incorporate in my training. So uh, feel free to take advantage of their product and tell them that Joe sent you from Everyday Ultra. Those are three ways to support the podcast, but no matter which way that you choose or if you don't choose a way at all, just know that I really appreciate you for listening in. I know there's tons of podcasts out there and the fact that you're listening to us, that really, really means a lot. All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening. And remember, become a better endurance athlete every day. And we'll see you real soon. Take care.